up? Welcome back to the In the Round podcast. You got Matt and Boudreaux. What up? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you feeling right I now? I am psyched to be doing this episode because it is with one of my best friends here in Nashville, Tennessee. One of my best friends in the world. It's Miss Carly Rogers. And Carly, what's that ad read say? We're going to let guests do an ad read. Yeah, what's up, Matt? Okay, let's do this ad. <laughs> Want to tell you all about our new friends at Trailside CBD Emporium. Our boy, Andrew. Shout out, Andrew. And his team will meet all your CBD and hemp needs from oils and gummies to cartridges and flour. They have you covered. Y'all go check them out at trailsidecbd.com and use promo code ITR at checkout. That's trailsidecbd.com. Promo code ITR, like in the round. For 20% off your purchase, you can also find them on Instagram at trailsidecbd and Facebook. Hell yeah. I'm a great reader. You are. I barely always. You. <laughs> I almost, not being from the South. <laughs> I almost slipped up. Like, barely almost slipped up. You did really good right there. You did great. Well, how the hell are you doing? You're, last time we did this, so Tyler, was it episode three? Something yeah. like that, I think it was yeah. episode three. So we were recording at Tyler's old place. We had cats there. Yeah. And we learned that day that you hated cats. Oh, I hate cats. <laughs> and somewhere in here, probably towards the end, I'm going to redo the audio from whenever the cat jumped on you. Did I scream? Oh, yeah. I can't remember if I screamed <laughs> There was, or not. like, the cat, and it was, like, terrorizing you. It was on the guitar case behind you, and it was, like, reaching up and just, like, uh, tapping your shoulder. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. getting anxious just thinking <laughs> yeah, about it. So that was back in, like, March. I want to say March of 2019. So that's over a year ago. Yeah. Almost a year and a half. Almost a year and a half. And mm-hmm. now we've grown a lot. You've had what you've done in that span of time. Pretty freaking insane. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Everything's uh, everything's going great. I can't complain. 2020 has been a weird year. I feel like emotionally I'm like, this sucks. Mom, come pick me up. I want to go home. <laughs> but then like the other like down to, not down to earth, but the physical part of the year, you know, music. And I put out so many songs and merchandise and Instagram and, and Facebook following and social media and so uh, streaming, all that, like all of that's gone up. So I really can't complain on that end, but like the emotional, I hate being stuck in the house. Like, yeah. mom, come pick me up. But I like hate everybody it this year has had that SpongeBob Sandy Cheeks moment where they're sitting at the top of the house with the guitar. <laughs> I want to go home. I'm like, I want to go home. And I'm just like, yeah, I want to go to Texas. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, so you've been here f- through most of this thing. Also, you've gone down to Florida. Mm-hmm. The Carolinas. The Carolinas. I've been spending some time in South Carolina, yeah. And up in Vermont. Yeah. You got to go home for a little bit. Up in Vermont. This Taste is how we syrup. do. We got one area code, and it's 802. Hey. No, that's real. There's a real rap song on YouTube, and it's these kids from, like, some high school thing. They had to do it and put it on YouTube. And the thing got, like... I don't know how many numbers, but in my head, millions of views. It probably didn't get millions, but it got like thousands. We'll look it up right now. 802 Rap. 802 Rap. That's awesome. Now, where was your last show before all the COVID stuff started? Because you had a big touring year ahead of you. (sighs) Not that you haven't been touring for a while now, like as doing your bar gigs and obviously stuff with Ryan and, and all that. Where was your last gig before all the shit hit the fan? The there's two in Florida, and it was the, is it the ranch in Fort Myers? The barn is in Sanford. The ranch, I think, is in Fort Myers. Yeah, I think so. And it was, because then there's the stockyard and all that. So 
it was the ranch in Fort Myers where the last was the last show. Um, and that was a sold out show, man. And it was they had me they were chanting my name and it just makes me so sad. Was it was it this video? Yeah, it is. How many so, views does it have? Two hundred and seventy nine thousand from <laughs> yeah. thirteen years ago. Yeah. That's like early. That was YouTube when YouTube days. first came out. Yeah. <laughs> the baby days of YouTube. Yeah, because I was I was in like the second or third grade and they put it out. Remember when the YouTube emblem used to be an actual TV? Yeah. Yep. It still is on some iPhones. Yeah, some that are like from 2007. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the touring year, man. Yeah, we had like four or five of my dream venues on there. Some with Ryan, some independently booked by myself, which was as like my own booking manager and, and booking agent. That was the coolest thing. I had like Georgia Theater on there Hell opening yeah. for people. And it just that in and of itself, getting that by myself and with the help of some friends, getting their phone number and, you know, smuggling it to me. Was was really awesome um, in a couple other venues. But, yeah, Fort Myers was our last show with, with Ryan. And then uh, we had the Rave. We had the Machine Shop, four sold-out nights. Ugh, the Machine Shop so would have been nuts. I mean, the Rave, the rave, e the rave Eagle Club is one of my favorites that me and Tyler have gotten yeah. to go to. Yeah. Um, and Machine Shop's cool because Machine Shop is it's in Flint. There's nothing super sexy about it, but there's just something about that room that makes the it so... The lighting director's name is literally Buttcrack. Yeah, his name's... Yeah, one of the crew members' <laughs> name is... And he has, like, mutton chops. <laughs> I love it. It's the nicest crew. They, yeah. They've got your back, the the whole team there. And I know Ryan, Ryan Upchurch crushes it yeah, at we the have machine four shop. four sold-out nights. Had you, had you been there before? Never. So I'm just... So ugh, I'm just when so you get to go right next door... Oh, the cheesesteak spot. It's, it's called like, I think uh, it's called like Bud's. Keep the cheesesteaks out of my face. Save the like cheese, <laughs> save the steaks, give them to me separately, but keep well, them off they, each other. They, they, they do just have steak sandwiches. Oh, good. Okay. So it's called like Bud's, like steak sandwiches. Yeah. The cheese is optional. It's not like a Philly necessarily. Gotcha. But it's like, it's old school. They are it's... massive. Like, I'm talking like 16 inches. Boudreaux struggled finishing one. I didn't even finish one. I I literally <laughs> ate half and took the other half for like a meal another day. I, I think that. I ate it cold one morning on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. As long as it's cooked, man. So you were saying the machine shop, the rave. What were some other ones? Uh, We had, I keep talking away from the microphone. I'm so sorry. It's been so long since I've had a microphone in front of my face. Uh, The machine shop, the rave. We had uh, tailgates and tall boys up in Illinois. That was fun. I did that before you came on with Muscadine last year. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. It's rowdy, I hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm still doing the Cotton Eye Joe with Hayden Kaufman, which will be cool. I love playing there. Um, Georgia Theater, like I said. And then I think the Stockyard, which is one of my dream venues just because I grew up. Weren't kinda... you supposed to play somewhere in Indy? Eight Second Saloon. Yeah, yeah that's a fun oh. one. Eight Second Saloon is freaking massive. Dude, yeah. well, and here's the other thing, too. We had such a quality team coming, like, because we all know Upchurch sells out shows. But I had, like, 50 really quality, like, fans coming. And not and nothing against anybody else. But these were, like, we're just coming to see you and then we're leaving. Like, that's what I mean by quality. Like, they're only coming to see me. They're, you know, notable people. And I just was like, Man, you know, this just sucks. Eight Second was a lot of fun last year. Yeah. yeah well, and there's an Eight Second, too, in Louisville, I think. And oh, in really? Cincinnati. There's definitely definitely one in Louisville that I've been to. We uh we went to it after the William Michael concert in Louisville a couple years or last year, and that was cool. But it was pretty small. It only looked like it had like yeah, 300 people. Yeah, the, yeah the, this one in uh Indy, I think, 
what, 2,500 cap? It's like oh. 25 to 3. Yeah, yeah. we sold out it's, that one, it's too. A, it's, a, it's a, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, it might be 15, but it's, yeah, it's still it's, like over 1,000 people. It, it's, yeah. very, it's very spaced out. It's crazy. And you were just in Indy, right? I was for the 500. How was that? Because that looked awesome, and I loved that you did the uh, Race Rowdy takeover. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest freaking. I was like, oh, shit, that's Carly. Well, oh, I, shit, here's all the shenanigans. I said to Nick, I was like, I'm not, because I go to the Talladega race, and, and I've been to Bristol and all that, and we have pretty good hookups for those, but like, this time, obviously, they're not doing fans. So I told Nick, I was like, if it's just like, you know, a regular house party, I'm not going to, w- I won't clutter the page with it. If we're just going to a house party in Indianapolis, like, I won't clutter the page. Well, my friend Carly didn't tell me that we're going to like a mansion with a lot of people and like a pool and it was a pool party and it's downtown and we're going to get the flyover and we're going to hang out oh, with yeah. the after party with all the racers and the drivers at the end of the night. Like, we're we're all good. So... You know, and Carly, shout out to her. She's incredible, and she's my tour manager and best friend. And but yeah, so she had the hookup. And excuse me, I keep kicking this table. Sorry, I paused uh, for all the listeners. But yeah, so it was really cool, and we got to hang out with a bunch of people. Um, unfortunately, most of Carly's friends and and the people that I know wrecked. They didn't do too well, but they were all okay, which is the biggest blessing. Um, and and it was just so much fun. We took a lot of shots. Yeah, it looked pretty rowdy. I ate a lot of chicken wings. Ooh. Yeah. I stayed out of the pool. That's good. Your girl stays out of the pool in COVID season <laughs> and stays six feet away from everybody at all times. But yeah, it was fun. Um, and everybody there was super awesome. Chris Burton um, owned the house and, and he's incredible. Shout out to Chris Burton of Indy on Instagram. But yeah, he's uh, he's awesome. And the hospitality was great. And it was catered and private bartenders. And yeah. like I said, I mean, there was four or five giant TVs to watch the race, and it, it was nuts. Connor crashed. Connor Daly, big old shout out to him. Um, but he wrecked, and it was just like all I, I I don't know how many people were there. Whatever the limitations of Indianapolis are, because I'm not getting anybody in trouble. But um, everybody in the house just went silent. Everybody at the pool, DJ cut the music, like everything just dropped. It was so crazy how uh, loyal they are to their Indianapolis guys and and their drivers and. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's freaking badass and awesome. Let's talk about the music. Um, you've been you've put out quite a few singles this year. Yeah. Uh one. Two. I remember I remember when they were dropping and me and Tyler were up in uh Delaware. The we were yeah, we were up in Delaware and yeah. freaking uh I was like, oh shit, here's drunk side of drinking. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, here's just another. Like these songs <laughs> and they and they kept on kept on dropping. How how's this How's the response been? Dude, it's growing and it's awesome. And we have another song coming out next month. And I just wanted to let these three sit for just a second and see how they do. Um, But yeah, so we've got one more coming out in September. Hopefully two more coming out through the winter. Um, My thing is, is, is obviously, like you said, you just kept, you keep seeing, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And it gained enough traction for me to be like, all right. We can sit and chill for yeah. a second. Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of following this independent model that I follow of, like, I want to get to the point where we can drop one a month and then one a week. And Yeah, I mean, just just to go down the list, you had you had By Your Side come out, be get real early in the year, yeah. follow that up with Drunk Side, which was a song you actually played. I believe you played Drunk Side of Drinking. Did you play that last time you were on here? Somewhere else. 
You played somewhere else last time you were on here. Yeah. Which also just came out. Yeah. Like and just you, another, yeah. You've had these songs for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what what was what was the reasoning for putting them out now as opposed to putting them out last year? Because you put out a bunch of songs last year too. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, I mean, it came down to finances somewhere else and uh, Drunk Side of Drinking. I think we were actually written in 2018. And then Just Another was written February of this year. And somewhere else, or I'm sorry, uh, By Your Side was written in 2019. So um, big difference in like years and stuff like that. But I just put them out in the order that I did just because of where I was at. Like, I just was ready to get Just Another out first. And I was trying to line them up, to be honest with you. I was trying to line them up after each Upchurch show. Like, do one, like, I dropped By Your Side January 5th, right after our Upchurch shows. Yeah. I dropped Just Another right after the February shows. Drunk Side of Drinking was going to come out in March after, you know, whatever shows we were playing in March and somewhere else. So, um, so yeah, that was the reasoning for putting them out this year. But, honestly, last year I just was broke. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, and I was just asking if there's, like, a certain – process and like you're waiting to put this song out because so and so happened like because the other thing too your instagram yeah it has become i remember when we were trying to get you i think it was like to 10 or twenty thousand. you're yeah. coming up on what 50 now yeah and, and i'll the, have it in the next i mean i average 600 new followers a week how do you do that i just stay consistent i don't have i manage my own social media there disclaimer uh alert whatever but there are like robots that you can hire to like follow and unfollow people and stuff i just stay consistent i post every two to three days um i always have at least five stories on my snap or on my instagram story um facebook i'm trying to get people over to facebook and it's growing and um but yeah i just i stay consistent with it and i'm interactive i went through my phone time and it made me feel so horrible about myself but i spent like eight hours a day on my phone yeah actively like not just letting spotify play or whatever podcast play i actively spend like eight hours on my phone yeah no that that's pretty i mean the thing is though is it's 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 working yeah like you're seeing the the growth of the carly rogers brand like i mean hell i was i i I went and helped you pick up to merch, like, you've got people buying your shirts and stuff online. Yeah. Like, it's getting to that point where, like, the, the base is growing that much. And it's, it's just cool to sit back and see. Your live videos, too. People, yeah. what's the, what's the, what's the wildest, um, what's the wildest thing you've, seen, like, craziest, like, comment or whatever that you've seen on a live thing? Because I know, like, like, up, like, like, Deerdorf or whoever will pop on and just kind of mess with you. Like, your, your, your buddies with all those folks. Yeah. But, like, you got to get some interesting people on there. Uh, I definitely do, and I'm lucky I haven't had any, because sometimes I'll mess around and just, like, let somebody in, because I get requests to come in and stuff, and now, granted, like, Leroy has half the amount of followers that I do, and he gets twice as many people in his life, so (laughs) my lives aren't on and popping, like, I'm not that funny, I'm usually all sweaty or just about to go work out. Uh, or, I eating, don't, or eating a pizza. Or eating food. Those seem to be the most popular. That's what, <laughs> And that just sounded super Vermont there, but those are definitely the most popular. Um, but I think, like, I've had just people get on, say, like, somebody got on my live yesterday and said, I don't look like my photos. I'm like, that's weird because I don't put any makeup on and I don't edit my photos or anything. Yeah. So you just must be mad. Um, your flashlight's on your phone. I know. I hate, <laughs> I hate when that happens. Like I love that the flashlight's so accessible because it is useful, 
But at the same time, it's like, fuck, like, I'll, it'll be on for, it'll be on in my pocket yeah. for probably like 20 minutes and I won't fucking realize it. Yeah. It'll just be a white dot in your pocket. Everybody's <laughs> looking at your whatever. Uh, but yeah, I don't really get weird comments as much as I get weird messages. And the messages get all, I mean, all ends of the spectrum. It, they're like the universe. You get one from Mars, you get one from X, Y, F, 2, 74 whatever number planet (laughs) in a distant galaxy (laughs) like you just and they're all with great intention very rarely have i gotten any negative uh reactions from anything literally anything i never get fat i never get ugly i never get anything like that um which is impeccable and and i'm i'm grateful for that i hope it stays that way but more and more people it's like once a month i get somebody that's just like you're going to get really fat and die if you keep eating like that. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm aware. Whoa. Actually, wow. somebody's manager, an artist that we all know's manager messaged me that today. And I was like, oh, why? Today? today. Wow. Yeah, on Snapchat. So On Snapchat. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it's that kind of relationship. Like, dude knows me. Yeah. How, do, how does Snapchat work as an artist? Because you utilize your Snapchat very well. As an artist, but you also do it as a personality. How does that work? Yeah, so it's like a subscriber thing in a way, correct? Um, Instead of or like a follow. Well, so what happens is I just have it wide open, so anybody can add me. If I don't add them back, they're technically a subscriber. But some days I'll get on a wild hair and I'm like, "Hey, I'm adding people back on Snapchat. Go add me," and I'll add them. So then it's on their friends list. Either way, they're still seeing my stuff. Um, but just where they're seeing it at. Yeah, if it pops up at the bottom part or if it comes up on the top and whether or not, and this is the same way with Instagram, whether or not I'm in the discover page versus the top five, whatever stories that, oh my God, I just hurt my shoulders so bad last night and I forgot I can't raise it. And oh, I just no. raised their hand. Yeah, you just did like a firm like hand raise. Like you're and I got, class, like, I know, I know, call me, call me, call me. And you're like, ah, my arm. I got call me John. <laughs> I got up there. (laughs) I got up there and wanted to play it off so bad, but I looked at Matt's eyes and Boudreaux. I know you didn't see this part, but literally, I looked at Matt's eyes and went, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) "Just sign a defeat." (laughs) So whether or not I'm gonna have to like hold on to my jeans or something, but whether or not I'm in the Discover page or in the top whatever's of um, Snapchat or Instagram, like the story things, I don't know what they're called, but the little circle bubbles that are at the top depends on how interactive they are. So I really try to like. Like on my story today, I saw something on Facebook. It's like, how many colors do you see? And it looks like only one, but then you kind of like focus in on it and there's five. And that would I be put, a good one for me to do right now because I'm colorblind. Let's see. <laughs> I mean, I barely even saw how many, how many, how many interactions did you get off that? I mean, right now I don't have a specific number, but it's only been up there for, let's just see. Uh, it's only been up there for six hours. And how many people have seen it? How many people in six hours? A thousand. A thousand, you have a thousand people. That's on your Snapchat. On my Instagram. I'm sorry. No, my Snapchat. I haven't posted on my Snapchat. (laughs) But like on Snapchat, I'll post things like, "Oh my God, this is how I feel about something," or like a run, or a picture of Willie, or or a pizza, or a pizza. Yep. So in seven hours, 500 people have seen it on Snapchat so far. But what people don't realize that a lot of people. I went viral on Snapchat though before Snapchat was really that big, and when I only had like 2,000 followers on Instagram, I lost my dog out in the Smoky Mountains one time, and. (laughs) I well, I was hiking and he ran off and I went on Snapchat and was just like I was on Snapchat I was on Facebook Instagram and was just like 
Oh my god, I lost my dog. Really? Um, oh. Dude, I'm trying to keep it together, and I had a bunch of people on Snapchat just from like adding people on like Tinder and Bumble, and like I was the original Tinder like promoter. I was going on Tinder, swiping right on everybody, and then like uh, what do they call it? Blasting them with a message saying like, "Hey, uh, go check out my Spotify." Blah blah blah. <laughs> Before everybody else did it, oh, people, and they would do, do it. People do yeah, that. Yeah, they do. No, but this is the thing: is now everybody does it. But five years ago, nobody did it. Tinder was new, so nobody did it. And when I would do that, they'd be like, "Oh, I've never had a message like this before." I get that you're not trying to date, but cool music. Like I'll follow along. So, and like here's my Snapchat. And now occasionally there's the unsolicited private dick pick whatever that i just <laughs> don't open i know and it's really bad like my sister-in-law even was asking me one time and it was so uncomfortable because she's a psychiatrist and a psychologist really but she works in child psychiatry and she was like so carly like i see the comments that you get on your facebook and your instagram and she's so sweet the sweetest kindest voice and she goes how many dick pics do you get or how many or no, no, no she didn't say it like that she goes how many naked photos do you get? Like, I have seen the comments, and I'm sure, and I go, Caitlin, you just don't even want to know. <laughs> but um, this is the Snapchat story thing, that I, or the Instagram story thing I was talking about. Like, what colors do you let me, see? Let me see this. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Jeez. You know what the problem is, though? You're probably not the only girl that's getting that done to, either. No, oh, there's probably all kinds of that You'll shit have to, flying like, around. hold it down or it'll flip. That's pretty wild. Okay, right oh. off the bat, I see two. Okay. Okay, now there's third's coming in slowly. Three's coming in slowly. Oh, there's a fourth. You might have to like flip it. See, you adjust can, it. You can show him blue when he sees like fucking red or something. Oh like, yeah, he, no. He's severely. Okay, I, just, I see four. I'm done with four. It's five. There's there's like on the right there's like a bluish. Yeah. And then the middle's white. It's actually purple on the right, but. No, no, no. oh, it's well, more purpley. I'm colorblind. <laughs> I so know. I actually see colors, and I had to say this to my cousin when I went home last time. We were sitting there having a family barbecue because I only come home every so often. And Is it blue on the left? I got to look at it. I don't remember. And, and there's like an off-white to like the <laughs> yeah. center left. And there's a pinky. Oh, that might be pink that I'm seeing. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So it's like purple gray off to the right. And then it's like super whitish, whitish, like minty blue yeah. to the left. I just see white and gray. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're more colorblind than I am. No. Nah. But, uh, no, nah, nobody is. But so, no, with Snapchat, no, a lot of though, are. it's super cool, though. And I lost a dog and I was on Snapchat, whatever, for however, it was like three days. And I didn't shower. Like, after the second day, my tent just wasn't doing it for me. And I was way out there. And um, it was, oh, I can't even remember the name of the town now. But anyway, I was very, I was 20 miles from like any sort of town. And so the closest hotel was like 45 minutes and I finally got one just to go shower. But like I had been out in my tent for three, two and a half days, no food, no extra water, like just my sleeping bag, no shower and was just trying to like find articles of clothing that I could like ravage un from underneath my floorboards of my car from basically living in it on tour for the last three years, which I don't actually live in it. But I sometimes I throw like random clothes or whatever in there. And leaving them out in the woods so Willie would come back because he would smell my my scent and then, like, come back and be able to find me. And that was my logic, and I documented the whole thing. And I had somebody at CMA Fest that year. It was, like, three or four months later being like, oh, my God, you're the girl that lost her dog. And I go, what? And she was like, yeah, like, 
you lost your dog and you were posting about it on Snapchat. And I was like, yeah, I was. And they're like, we're from Nevada. We saw it. Like, we're sharing it for you and all this stuff. I was like, well, he wasn't in Nevada, but thanks. Wow. (laughs) So it was cool. But Snapchat's weird, man. I, uh, I definitely learned. Are you a TikToker? I try. I think I, I think you and I have talked about this before. I have like all these unread snaps. Holy, I'm, I'm kind of scared to open them. I kind of want to play roulette and open them roulette. up and see if we get a dick pic. <laughs> Let's get see it. If there's, if there's just something bulging. Fucking. Rebel zero zero seven zero two. Shout out to you. He said I was lit. I was very sober in this photo. I just looked like an idiot. Um, and but that's only we're saying roulette. That's only the twelfth. So that's only ten days ago. Let's oh, go back like a couple. Let's oh go God. back a couple. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, we're back when I was messaging Lainey Wilson on Snapchat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> PBT. <laughs> uh, let's go back. We can. You can ask me another question if you want while I'm doing this. So TikTok, why? Why? What have you found? And what do you think? Since you're such a big Instagrammer, what do you think about those? Um, the clip thing or whatever that Instagram's doing. It feels like it's TikTok, but on Instagram. I just really, I wish I was better at being consistently funny. I think I would do really well on TikTok. Music for me, like prime example, Priscilla Block. Like she got funny or she got famous on TikTok because she's funny. Well, you know and- her and like. Seven other people are doing this thing on TikTok now called the Six One Five House. Yeah, they they went LA with it. Yeah, yeah, and so. that's like a thing that like a lot, a lot of TikTokers are doing is they're just going in on a house together basically and living together and doing kind of like reality TV but TikTok. Well, and then having the same consistent four people. I mean, it's a great business model. Like yeah. you have the same consistent Kids, people. People will watch sharing it. followings yeah. and then also doing their own thing. But like Priscilla got so funny with her songs on on tiktok that like it just blew up and also i found that tiktok is super random like yeah i can post a video and it gets like a hundred views and then i can post another video or the same video twice and it blows up to twenty thousand in an hour and it just and also my videos that get twenty thousand in an hour get deleted because they violate tiktok's standards because they're not liberal like and i'm super duper sorry for going that way with it but like I got shot in the butt with a rubber blow dart and they took it down. Yeah. And then I got shot in the butt with a real blow dart and they <laughs> took it down even faster. I'm I'm try I think I can guess who you who what what who shot you with the rubber dart. Was it up where where was that? It was not up church. It was not Cheatham County. I was gonna it say it was Cheatham County, but it wasn't up church. Uh Josh Phillips. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Shout out to Joshy. Joshy Poo. Oh man. Oh, I'm Joshy Poo Poo. I'm really trying to find some, but you know what? I think they like deleted themselves or something. So I'm gonna find something. Let's see. Oh, Guys, she's she's literally just scrolling through her Snapchat, and it's just all these unopened messages. So if you're yeah. a Carly Rogers fan, I mean, keep Snapchat. No, there is hope for moments like this. I but, do yeah. sometimes late night, especially, and that's the worst time to open Snapchat. They're <laughs> <laughs> just asking. You get for the two a.m. What's up? I got a year gorgeous on May seventeenth. Thank you so much, Jay Birchfield, sixty nine. <laughs> it's, it's Tyler just snorted. No, that wasn't me. That was Carly. God. Is, uh, let me see. Let me just find another one from more recent. I went like way down. Uh, oh man. I gotta find a photo. Jeez. I don't know this guy. Do you use Facebook at all? Like, is Facebook a big promoter for you with your business? Uh, yeah. So Facebook has two separate. <laughs> this is the best way to describe my Facebook versus my Instagram. 
Instagram, I've got almost 50,000. Facebook, I've only got like 12,000. No. I go on Instagram Live, I get a 20 people, and that's fine. I'm cool with it. They all like my stuff. I don't need them to come on my live, whatever. I go on Facebook, I get way less likes, but I get a bunch more, like two, uh, 20 times that on my Facebook Lives. I get like two, 300 sometimes. Do you think part of that is people sharing it and the way the feed system works with Facebook? Absolutely, but I also think it's an older demographic. Yeah. And they're like commenting, and also I put my Venmo and my cash yeah, app on how's Instagram. That? Yeah, you've been very good about that. Well, I try not to overdo it and oversaturate it because it got oversaturated like that. And now OnlyFans is in the picture. I snapped for anybody that couldn't hear it. Uh, now OnlyFans is in the picture, so people are moving to that, and they're kind of getting their wings wet with with Patreon. But I throw my Venmo and my cash app on there once a month, maybe on Instagram. I might make like five bucks. Facebook. I just paid two months rent, so, Congrats. but it's just a different demographic. And that's what I mean. It's like, it's a lot of younger kids on my Instagram. It's a lot of, uh, it's, it sounds like a demographic, like the way you're talking about demographics is how I talk about, is how I think when we're, when I'm selling merch, there's yeah. certain markets where it's going to be an older crowd and like the true viners, like the true MB, MB diehards who are like. People that are that are a little bit older, they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna buy more. I can I can sell it easier to them than I can like a college kid who's who's living off ramen noodles and shit doesn't have the money to throw around right. and everything, you know. Absolutely, that's for sure. Well, and also on Facebook, I feel like it's a lot of people. I got a lot of Snapchats. I'm going through them now of like guns and toy trucks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, um, the way to your heart. Pizza. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Let me see that. It's like a meat supreme. Shout out to Boudreaux. That's a pretty good. Is that a meat lover's or is that mushroom? It looks like a DiGiorno pepperoni mushroom sausage. Yeah. (laughs) We can talk about the crust. So uh, we know you're a Domino's girl. What's your favorite? Like you're in Kroger and you just want to have something for when you're chilling. Oh. (laughs) Shout out to Boudreaux. Did you see that? Did you see that one? Ask me about my wiener. Looks like a bridal bachelorette party. dollar foot long. <laughs> Screenshot that. That's going on the Instagram story. Oh, it definitely is. Definitely. Sure. They sent that like three weeks ago, probably. It was. <laughs> They're like, what the hell? They just Shut screenshotted up. this? Um, they forgot what they sent. No, it's so funny. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, what's my favorite kind of pizza? Aside from Domino's, like, okay. like we're talking like Red Baron's, DiGiorno's, Tony's, the problem is, Pizza is that, Kitchen. The problem is, is I don't know them by brand, and I wish I did. I just know when I walk into the store, and it's at Publix, I think it's a Kroger, it's definitely a Walmart, there's a brand, and I know exactly what it looks like, and I just go to it. I look for it, I go to it. I'm more... What's the a, box like? What's the box like? And if you don't mind me asking, how much is it? Because I'm a, I'm a guy who buys a lot of frozen pizzas. I don't know Same. how much it is. Is I it Red it's, Baron? Nope. It's So it's not red, anything. It doesn't have a red or a black box. It's a, is that's it why California it's, Pizza Kitchen? I don't know. I have a little white box? No, it's green. It's got grass uh, on it. It. I think it says eat, like. You eat the damn cauliflower pizzas? No, 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 no. no. I was going to say, you're <laughs> such a. <laughs> I was going to say fraud. You are a pizza <laughs> chick and you're eating the damn cauliflower pizza. I shit. get cauliflower pizza from Scoreboard. It's delicious. It's so good. We, it's not good I've reheated, had it though. Before. Have we eaten at Scoreboard? It's yeah. so good. Were we there back? We watched the bowl game there. I think we yeah, watched the we national. Watched, <laughs> we watched the national championship. The Clemson, and Alabama. We were at Scoreboard, and, and then we went to that shitty Jacob, bar after. Jacob, the redneck, oh, our dude. internet guy who has went missing, 
was at. Uh, oh, we no, left them. What, what's the other bar over what's, there? What's the bar behind Music that? City or Palace? Music Not City. Palace, Music, Music City. City. Yeah, he was over he was there. Loving it. He was the youngest guy by about fifty-five years. Yeah. And he oh was yeah. Loving his life. He was like that's just my twenty-one. Favorite. No, that's why I go yeah, up no. there because that's it, it. That's it. And like. I don't feel now this is coming from a feminine perspective, but like I don't feel as uncomfortable when I go to a bar and there's a bunch of like 78 year old men looking at me as opposed to going to like a a bar where there's more people my age. Like I'll sit and have a conversation with grandpa over here all day long and that's not an insult. Like they usually ask me just call him grandpa. Because they don't want call, to or hang. Call, call me Papa. <laughs> well, you know, Daddy's just not appropriate at that point. So. You're, you're definitely too young. Man, I really oh. want to find a good snap because usually I, they're just they all disappear at some point. You've been in Nashville for how long now? Is it five years? Uh, yeah, six in August, yeah. 2014. By the way, my pizza from my frozen pizza. Anything other than like Dolce Vita here in Nashville is just plain cheese, rising crust, like thick crust. That's all. What about from uh, Domino's? What do you get? Cheese, and sometimes I'll do barbecue chicken pizza, but, like, I got to be super, super confident in the Domino's. So some of them, they come a little extra cheesy, and And I don't like it. And you get Domino's from all different – because you're on the road all the time. Where's – not not to hate on Domino's because we I love Domino's too. I'm a rewards member. I've claimed many of free pizzas on the Domino's. See, rewards. I'm not a rewards member yet, yeah, but I, I order I, all the time. I, I, you well, got, you're, you you're so be, missing you're out. Missing the reason out on why I so had to leave the stuff. room, by the way. Oh, we got Domino's. Yeah, coming. but I ordered pepperoni because I thought that was your favorite. My bad. It's okay. I'll eat it. Cool. She'll fucking There's settle. a pepperoni and a ham and sausage because that's my favorite. Ham and sausage. Yeah, I got dude. you. No, they, uh, it's cool and there's nothing uh, There's nothing wrong with pepperoni. Personally, I just peel them off and it's just not the same taste to me. But I just like, honestly, there's it some. It is extra cheesy, by the way. Well, there's some, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but there's some things from my childhood where I just ended up eating pizza a lot as a kid. Yeah. And it really, like people say, some people get overweight when they become depressed because they eat so much because eating is comforting for whatever is going on. Yeah. And I was eating Domino's cheese pizzas and especially, dude, I was eating Domino's cheese pizzas before they did the garlic cheese stuff crust yeah. throwback mm. to 2005 when they did the, the cheesy you, stuff were, crust. Were, were, the you a, were you a deep dish? Remember when it was deep dish instead of pan? Then they no. switched over to pan and it changed the whole fucking thing. I remember though. Also, my, I ordered pan pepperoni. I uh, do remember my sister getting a pan as opposed to a deep dish and she about lost it. And also, I remember one time them giving me a pan instead of a regular, and I lost it. But I also remember when they introduced the garlic. I, I totally was in the fifth grade. This up. <laughs> what? I was like, I thought for sure you were pan pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> Do not look at her Instagram or Facebook or her Snapchat. <laughs> Fuck, man. My bad, Carly. <laughs> it's okay. I'm still gonna eat it. I'll take it home and eat it too. Or you guys eat it. I'll just have a couple. I got the uh, I got the garlic parmesan bites also. So I do like those. Yeah, those are literally cocaine. Oh, that and cheesy bread. What, yeah. What's been your most disappointing Domino's? Like where, if you can pinpoint? Not that's to, not where to draw, your question was going. Yeah, not to not to draw hate on the brand because we love us some Domino's. But where was the worst one? And honestly, here in Nashville, like, and it's so the one I live right downtown. And the one that I get is so inconsistent. Like, it, sometimes it'll be like the box the was one sitting. The on fourth so- or second. 
Yeah. Yeah, that one is so inconsistent. Sometimes, dude, it's the best. And that's why I just switched to going over to, I just get small pizzas, and it's like one extra dollar difference. But also, I'm not eating as many calories, but they're more consistent with the small. With the mediums and the larges, sometimes they'll like, they'll let the box sit crooked so the cheese all falls to one side. And I'm not like a cheesy... Oh, cheese it up, whatever they ask you on the website. That's just not me. I did that I... too, so here we go. We're three for three. I've struck out. <laughs> the Carly Rogers special. Pan, pepperoni, extra, extra cheese. cheese pizza. Boudreaux, you're fired. Oh, you're fired, man. Boudreaux, you're fired. Oh, I couldn't breathe there for a second. That's Let so... me handle guest hospitality from here on out. The gesture was good. Yeah. The ge- he meant well. He meant, I meant well. well. Fucking Dude, but here's the thing, though. Is it's still pizza. I'm still eating it. Like, oh, I'm yeah. not ungrateful. Dude, you know what, you know what our, my, our latest Domino's hack, we were watching NASCAR with a good buddy, um, Dawson yeah. Edwards, the oh, other day. big old Dawson Edwards fan. wild. Um, he's a good dude. We love him. Um, it was a pretty chill night, though. Yeah, it was, it was a rather chill NASCAR race, but we were there on Saturday, and I decided to put in the Domino's thing. Why the hell not? And yeah. I put it in. I decided, so I'm a big cheesy bread guy. I, oh, I'm a, I'm a big you cheesy, can't mess with my cheesy yeah. bread. Yeah, yeah. So what we did... We got we got the bacon jalapeno one, but we took the jalapeno out. So it was just bacon and cheese. Yeah. It was redonkulous. Oh, there you go. You know, you can make that at home too. Yeah. I'm a big just Matt plain. doesn't know how to cook though. Hey, I'm getting there. I've been making sandwiches, bro. That's like halfway there. Congratulations. <laughs> you can do what a five year old can. Yo, why is it though? Every time I come over here and hang out like and do an interview like this, I have the worst allergies in the world and my there's, nose is all stopped up no, again. There's no cats here. I know. I just there's the no seasonal. animals ever lived there's in no this animals house. Ever lived the here. seasonal. No, I'm, I don't yeah. hate cats because I'm allergic to them. I hate cats because I could kick them across the GD street and not feel bad about it. I hate cats so much. What was your first bad experience with cats? Because we didn't talk about this last time because it was kind of like a like it was it was the five pound eight ounce gorilla in the room because I mean they were they were probably closer to fifteen pounds. They were some fat cats. Nick, we loved your cats. They <laughs> were awesome. Yeah. 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 We just cats yeah. have yeah. ever Nick, met. Nick, we, had, we had good times with them. But when when did you start saying like yo fuck cats? Uh, now let me also clear the air here. <laughs> we're not gonna do the whole Netflix documentary thing, no, and I would no, absolutely no, no, no. never in my entire life dream of purposefully kicking any sort of animal, whether it's a snake, a a turtle, a cat, a spider, whatever it is. I, I catch spiders and put them outside. So I'm not a killer. I'm not an abuser. But when I was four years old, my parents found this stray cat running around, and they thought it'd be sweet to get it. And we had a dog, so I don't know why they wanted a cat. My parents don't like cats. I have cat dog. My dad's allergic to cats, actually, so I don't know what the thought process. I never asked them why they got this cat. But they took it in, and the shelter wouldn't take it. I think that was what they were doing, was trying to bring it to the shelter. Shelter wouldn't take it. Shout out to Second Chance Animal Shelter up in Shaftesbury, Vermont. And um, we had to keep it. Well, the thing, I would wear this, like, Teletubby tutu, like, nightgown. And it would come down, and it had, like, frills on it, whatever. And the thing would sit there and play at it, and it would scratch the back of my legs, front of my legs. And then it got so used to attacking me, I think, all the time, that I was small enough where it could jump off the couch. And just land on top of me. Off the top turnbuckle. Off the top rope, dude. Yeah. Thing what, would jump off what, what, the. What was the cat's name? Okay, you gotta, so you got to remember his or her name. I think my parents called it Greta, but I called it they Star. Greta it. <laughs> what you call? It? What, what'd you call it? I called it Star because I hated the name Greta. I thought it was so ugly, <laughs> and it made me think of Hansel what and ca- Gretel. What kind of cat? Like, was it? Was it like what? What kind of cat was it? it I don't like. know the species or the 
I, the race, the kind. I don't know the what's the. To me, uh, there's two cats. The breed. Well, three. There's three cats. There is a cat, a Garfield, and an Egyptian cat. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it had the fur. Sphinx, yeah. It had fur, right? It did have fur. Okay, so it was like black with stripes. It kind of looked like Willie, except it was uh, a cat. <laughs> like short hair. It wasn't long hair. It was probably only like two or three pounds. Uh, skinny, narrow, black and gray stripes. So whatever that kind of cat is, that's what we had. And it would. It would jump off the top of the, the couch and, and it would sneak attack me. Like it would wait for me to come into a room. I'd walk through the doorway and in my new music video, teaser, teaser, you'll see the doorway that I'm talking about. But it would come through the doorway or it would wait for me to come through the doorway and it would pounce and it would hide. And then pounce on the top of my head. I remember one time specifically I was sitting on the floor. My sister was braiding my hair because she used to do like all sorts of cool cornrow braids and stuff. And... uh the cat just came up from behind her, jumped off the top rope, and came over like Superman and landed on top of my head. And it just was like the most so terrifying, anxiety-ridden experience as a four-year-old, having to look over my shoulder for a fucking cat that like didn't like me. And it didn't do it to anybody else. It would purr. It would be so sweet to everybody else. And then I'd walk in a room, and it would just jump on me. It's like a childhood cartoon. It's like something I'd see on... on uh... Cartoon Network or Disney Channel. Or Courage the Cowardly Dog. But yeah, it is like your courage. courage and the like <laughs> demons and ghosts and whatever were the, the cat. Yeah, it was just a four year old girl getting attacked by a cat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like catnip. It was like my parents showered me in catnip. Um, but maybe the other it was your thing, shampoo. <laughs> maybe, but I, uh, it just, it was crazy and it was the most anxiety ridden like year of my life. I don't know how long we had that cat. My parents have finally got rid of it. And also, if I ever get canceled for anything, it's probably going to be me as a four-year-old on home video, VHS, getting or like drop-kicking this cat across the living room. <laughs> because I, what else do you do when you've got a cat with its claws sunken into you? You don't remove them. I don't believe in removing cats' claws, personally. But um, I think it's cruel. But you, we don't, we can't do that. My parents aren't paying for that, so they brought it to the farm. And I think they, for real, we could call my mom and ask her, but I really think for real they brought it to, like, a farm to be an outdoor cat. Just like Greta run free. Well, I mean, it was probably an outdoor cat to begin with. And PSA, like most animals, when you find them outside, they're cool with being outside. Like, you could stumble across a litter of kittens or puppies outside. They probably, like, the mom probably is an outdoor animal. So, like. They are happy and at peace with one with nature. Catching mice and drinking river water all day long. They're probably great with it so like don't just pick up random animals off the side of the street and bring them to the shelter because they're probably not indoor probably animals. have a in vermont they probably have a bear in the woods it's their buddy yeah you know you ever Definitely. seen you ever seen a bear in person like in the woods and stuff oh, i have never gotten to see one everybody in my family has seen one um what about a moose i have seen the back side of a moose i saw it running through the thicket running it turned a corner or turned on a dime or whatever and ran back in but my dad actually hit a moose Head on, dude. Like yeah, that's, going seventy miles an hour. Yeah, that people. That's like the number one like automotive related death like thing in in the state of Maine, which isn't yeah. too far from that's Vermont. Where my dad hit it. Is more people die from hitting moose than anything else. Like, what? there's more of those than like drunk driving accidents in the state of Maine, which well, is pretty insane. They're about the same weight and size as a cow. So, like, my dad. Well, they're bigger. They're bigger than that. Well, they're taller, yeah, yeah, but they're probably just about as heavy, especially if they've got antlers. But like, my dad was driving to a work job in in Maine back in a work job, a work site, because uh, my dad runs his own business, and this was back in. And dude, big old shout out to my dad. I hope my parents listen to this because. 
I don't think I've ever given them enough credit, but they started their own business from legitimately nothing. And this is a funny story, if I may, but like my yeah, dad was driving to Maine from Vermont, which is still like six or seven hours to the border, um, and was driving up in rural Maine before cell phones were really a big thing. It was more of like pagers back then. And my dad hit a moose on the backside going 70 miles an hour and wasn't distracted driving, whatever. I think it was foggy or just dark, so we didn't see it back. And it was his brother's truck or something like that or his brand new truck that he got for work. Hit the backside of this moose, and he swears. We talked about it a week ago when I was home. He swears. He hit that thing, and the truck stopped. He's like, it felt. I, I thought I hit a brick wall Yo, because he stopped. I have no doubt in that. I hit a deer in Alabama one time, yeah. and literally my truck stood up. Yeah. Like, it stopped, and the back end came and up. And the back end came up and set down sideways, and that deer flew 10 yards and then skidded another 20 and rolled off in a ditch. And there was nothing left of it. That's what, so my dad says that the, he hit it and it stopped on a dime. He says his saving grace was that he hit the the ass of it and not the body of it. Because if he hit the body of it, it would have been it more. It came into him. Well, so the hood and everything underneath the hood still closed right up. Yeah. But it wouldn't, I guess it would have just been a broader impact or whatever. But yeah, he stopped on a dime. The moose flew. He said however long it took. And then he pulled over on the side of the road. And dropped his tailgate and just sat on it until somebody, and luckily it wasn't like bad season. Like it wasn't October. You know what I mean? So he just sat on the tailgate because obviously at that point nothing's running and waited for somebody to pull up and a trooper came up, a main state trooper came up and asked him if he needed a ride, bus station, whatever, and uh, also promised to send him the meat. Like he'd bring it to the to whoever cuts up the meat and, and sends it off. And so they, they when you know you're in the country. They got the moose meat. It's the bush. But the bush. This is how poor whatever. they were back then. And my mom loves to, well, she doesn't love telling the story because I didn't know about it until just recently. But at that point, they were so broke. My mom, he, my dad called her from a payphone and was like, "Hey, this is just what just happened. I'm coming home." And my mom goes, "What do you mean you're coming home? You have to go to work." And my dad goes, "Lisa, I just hit a moose." Thunder. <laughs> yeah. But my dad goes, Lisa, I just hit a moose. Like, I'm, I need to go to the hospital. And my mom goes, no, you need to go to work. Like, we have bills. <laughs> like, we we need to pay. Like, we we got to get this money. And my dad was like, you can shove it up your ass. Like, I'm coming home. And I don't know if he went to work that day or not. But, like, you know, he's also got a friend that flipped a dump truck one time. And this is just the, the kind of people that me and my family and the, the people that we keep around us are. Like, this guy flipped a dump truck. My dad's first job. The guy uh, rolled a dump truck. He was like 70 or something. He was up there in age. And uh, radio's in and he goes, hey, so-and-so, I need you to come come out here. I rolled my dump truck. So his other coworker pulls up in a dump truck and, you know, parks it, whatever, and gets him out. And he crawls out and he's bleeding and stuff and goes, the guy that owned the dump trucks was like, all right, man, uh, I'm taking yours. I got to go get this job done. You figure out how to flip this thing back over. I can't believe I keep lifting my right arm. Oh, my God. It's so painful. Yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, that's all. That's some. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So we we just you know we like to work, and that's a tribute, I guess, to why I work as hard as I do. And I'm yeah. not trying to toot my own horn over here. Over here, but like, it just makes sense. Like I just I I don't stop. Yeah. No, you don't stop. And I don't delegate. And, and <laughs> yeah, and like you were talking about with the independent model, um, you're somebody. I mean, I feel like there's a lot more indies people are discovering. There's a lot more independents out there than there are label people. Oh, like, yeah. There's just in general, and I think that's it's a pretty simple concept when you think about it, but before streaming and everything, you, like, it was a lot tougher. 
and you're coming up in an era right now where if you hustle and you can utilize social media and and build the streaming base, you don't you don't need to sign and and give up any of your your masters, any of that stuff. You can keep it all. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get me down this rabbit hole, we'll get it started. But like, yeah, it's uh, let's get it, let's do it. Boudreaux's in. We got we got I'm a Boudreau fucked up with a pep, we got a pepperoni pizza. We got to eat through, so we got to <laughs> get you all like kind of riled up and hungry to power through extra cheese, pepperoni, and deep dish. Your three least favorite it's not things. Deep dish is pan. There's a it's difference. The same shit. No, it's not. I will say though, like I definitely <laughs> as from last time. Now I usually don't eat until. I don't know what time it is, eight o'clock at night anyway. So like, I'm not too worried about, you know, basically I just usually don't eat until later on at night anyway, because I eat so much at night and I stay up all night. And so, and I sleep all day. So I get up at 10 and I don't eat till eight. I'm intermittent fasting is what they call it. But I definitely didn't eat yet today because I knew knowing you guys, you'd have a pizza ready for me. So I am excited to eat this, whatever it is, but (laughs) there's also a pan Extra cheese, ham and sausage. If you want that, instead of pepperoni. <laughs> oh, no, I'll take the pepperoni. Like, that just sounds like a clusterfuck, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's just my favorite. So much meat in my mouth. Uh. Austin is pulling up now. Austin, let's go, Austin. You want to invite him in to, to give him a shout just out? Contact real quick? us. Contact. No, us. but he can be in the he can be in the doorway. Oh, did he just drop it at the <laughs> front totally door? He just <laughs> peeled the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Is this the contactless delivery? Oh, my contactless so. drivers still come up and say what's up and hand it to me. They don't. Let me, let me go. See. Do you do you have you gotten to the point with? And we're gonna we're gonna get down this music rabbit hole for all you oh. guys and girls listening at home. Here we I, go. Because I want to get it going a little bit. Um, have you gotten to know some of your Domino's delivery drivers because you order it so much? Because when I was in college, there was a guy named Fawad that worked at the Trenton Domino's, and I knew him, and I had his personal number, and he came in and partied with us one night. Oh, man. You know, I used to have... Hi, Austin, guys. Oh, it's Austin. Hi, Austin. Yo, 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 yo. We're live on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, your first name is out there. <laughs> oh, this poor bastard. Shout out to Austin at the Domino's in Antioch. We love you. Yeah, dude. He's... Probably shouldn't have said where he worked and, you know. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. It'll be cool. The, the, the Big Brother's watching anyway. Oh, we we can get you on conspiracy theories too. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's crazy. You're talking about the music industry or conspiracy theories. Yeah, honestly, what, I mean, the what, music industry a, is a conspiracy theory. But <laughs> if we want to talk about it, but um, what's so for you? What's what's that approach and stuff as as an independent artist? And you're oh wait, no, the Domino's thing. I have never had a Domino's driver. I felt comfortable enough inviting in. Okay, I guess it's different because you're a girl. Uh, well, for sure. And, you know, there have been a time or two drunkenly where I've definitely opened the door. And I probably shouldn't have, you know, long hoodie, no pant, whatever. So, like, there's probably plenty that were like, oh, yeah, I'll come in. But, no, they would, they didn't. Um, oh, I thought he was talking to us. And uh, Boudreaux doing that, doing that, um, doing that guerrilla warfare style promo out there. He's, yeah, he's give him my Instagram. It. Um, <laughs> give him my Instagram. He was give, handsome. Give him, give no, him. I'm just kidding. Oh, we, uh, oh you just not... no, no, no. We did not drop anything. Yeah, you did. The Parmesan did not bread, drop but... out of the box. They're still in the box. All right, <laughs> they're all shaking up. But oh, we got a new follower for in the round. Yes, I yeah, love that. He said he's gonna listen. So here we go. He's doing it. I uh, did have back home. I do know some of the the delivery drivers that work there now. And when I was in high school. I knew some people that I'd be like, yo, if you want to hang out for a minute, I won't tell Mr. Kelly that you're late, whatever. Or I had one, shout out to Justin Olansky when he worked there, that he uh, he would do the thing where somebody would prank call and order like 10 pizzas at somebody else's house and they wouldn't accept them. 
They'd be like, yo, we just had 10 pizzas made up that were all wrong or, or pranks. And how many do you want? Yeah, I had a buddy that worked at a Domino's or worked at a pizzeria or something. And what he did was he would have his friends order, put in like a five or six pie order and then Take just it. never come to pick it up. Because whatever gets left, the employees take yeah. home. And then my buddy, he ordered towards the end of his shift. Nobody would come pick it up or whatever. And then he would just take it to the party. Yeah. Okay. And they get for free. Well, and that's what somebody, I guess, did one night at the Domino's back home. Because I got a phone call at like 11 p.m. And they closed at 10, which was the worst. Yeah, mine in college, they'd open till 3 a.m. every night. Well, and Nashville does too, typically. And the one over by Belmont definitely does. I used to walk down to Domino's. Pick up my pizza because it was five dollars cheaper because I was a broke ass bleh, bleh. and um but I would walk down because it was like a mile downhill, pick up my pizza, and even in like October, November when it was cold, and I would walk it back and eat it dry on the way back. I would eat the whole thing. And then I would consider it my workout for the day because I walked a mile and ate a pizza. I actually remember time. hearing stories of this from certain Emily? people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to say names, but certain oh, people I'm that so we know. sorry. <laughs> I just was jumping out the gate because I was like, who could you possibly know? Yeah. Who could you know that I know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a true story. Um, and I gained a bunch of weight while doing it because I just stopped working out. So, But uh, as far as music goes, you asked me a question yeah, about we can, it. We can rewind because we're – especially now at the pizzas here. Hey, you know what? Real quick, Boudreaux, yeah, get get some of those Parmesan bread bites. You you can eat, eat it on the mic. We don't give a shit. Okay. You're good. You do you. Do your, what is that? You're, you're – Pepperoni sausage. We can do that. What's that? Ham oh, sausage. That ASMD. You might. Hey, you. QP. You might have some Snapchat followers that'll like that kind of thing. Dude, oh, this have... is so cheesy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or Carly. It's going to be totally fine. <laughs> Dude, did they even cut it? Yes. Okay. But Barely. No, I do have. I did make a little bit of money Were you... on Instagram and Snapchat selling feet photos. Did you actually? I thought, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that was a real thing. I thought that was like oh a joke. no, for real. Like when we posted that quarantine <laughs> joke got, thing, he's of like, <laughs> falling over his fucking lap. <laughs> There's sausage. <laughs> no, right. when we posted that jokey, like me and Carly both posted, like here's an application or whatever, like broke, blah blah blah. Well, people actually messaged me and they were like, "How much?" And I was like, "Twenty bucks," not thinking anything of it, and they Venmoed it to me. That's so cheap. I just sent like an Instagram play only one time beat. Like it's like a Snapchat. You can't replay it or anything. So it just goes away and made a, and they were cool with it. Like there was at one point and even my boyfriend knows this. Like there was at one point we were visiting my boyfriend's grandmother's and I woke up. We're staying at his grandmother's too. I woke up to a $20 Venmo from this person and I was like, Babe, do you care? He's like, nah, go ahead, make your money. It's a picture of your foot. Yeah. Do you like angle it at a certain uh-uh. way? Like, what, what do you do? No. Yeah, I used to not. have a buddy. <laughs> no, I, I want a slice of that cheesy ass pepperoni. So I used shit to have right a buddy there. in the band that I was in. That cheesy ass. In che- college. That cheesy head ass shit. In, oh. in college. Yeah. And this dude would literally like his first. Uh, what, that one? His first like thing that he would notice about a girl <sighs> is her feet. Her feet. Well, I will say, I do notice people's hands. I, it doesn't turn me on or turn me off any, but I do 120% notice people's hands, and it will turn me off from talking to somebody. Like, I have. Are you talking about like fingernails, like dirt under the fingernails? Do I like no. hand size? Oh, please give me all the grease stained, oil stained, wh- whatever if dirt stained soft. hands. If they're, uh, 
now this only goes for men because women would like if women have some some nasty janky hands of course but like guys <laughs> if they can and i can't even do it with my hand this is as straight as my fingers go i've messed my hands up from boxing and playing piano i can't like straighten my fingers this hand i kind of can but if a guy can take his fingers and just like talk like this that really actually hurts me yeah see my mine like oh hurts. you mean like this carly <laughs> but like Boudreaux does fail. it like all does, the time does, like if you just talk like that oh yeah no. or if your hands were i have little tiny hands if you're a guy that's bigger than me and your hands are smaller than me i will notice and i can tell and i will consciously say to myself i want to get out of this conversation now that's just my physical knee-jerk reaction i as a human being with functional consciousness can say that's preposterous you shouldn't think of people like that and judge them by their hands all hands matter but a hundred and twenty percent of the time the first thing i notice before i notice somebody's teeth is their hands and the way that they interact with their hands and i don't know why it's just a thing i notice if somebody's got vascular hands versus but you don't talk well, well, with your no no, no. also i'm double jointed see, see I'll, I'll sometimes i'll i can't do that wait but I can, I can do like the whole hand like that yeah i can yeah look at this one on. Yeah, you know, you just... Like pops. Yeah, you can pop a finger. I'm, like, doing the weird stuff over here with this one. But also, I can do this, where I can... Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty dope. You can... <laughs> you can... Yeah. Let's see, what do you think of this cheesy... Boudreaux's cheesy special? Um. Also, do you guys have ranch, perchance? If not... If ranch or a damn southerner? Uh, but you were from Vermont, girl. What the hell are you doing putting salad dressing on pizza? I honestly have no idea. I don't I, eat ranch at all, mm. ever. Which is crazy. You don't eat ranch. I don't eat anything that you can put on bread but butter and I barbecue do. sauce. What about peanut butter and fluff? Nope. What? I've never liked a peanut butter and jelly. No, nope, I didn't say peanut butter jelly. I said peanut butter and fluff. It's my mar friend. marshmallow. Yeah, I've never liked it. Dude, you the only time it. I ever liked peanut butter is in Reese's. Oh, I do understand that. I don't like Reese's. There's a like, pepperoni I don't like cheese a... taco right here. Yeah? Let's see if we can, <laughs> if we can complete this without fucking it up over me. I do like, a, I do like Reese's Cups. Um, That's but the so, only time I like peanut butter, period, in any other form. I love it. But yeah, with music, yeah, I don't know what get... you're asking. <laughs> I kind of don't remember it either. There's so much going on with the pizza. Labels. Right? Independent. Yeah, what's your approach like with the grind and working as an independent artist? I'm going to have you... to ask you to be more specific. I'm so sorry. I don't, like, what's my approach as an independent artist against the industry or? Well, like, working, because you were talking about how, how, like, your family has, like, this work ethic and how you, like, how you go into this next kind of gear. Yeah. And it's almost essential to have that extra gear if you're going to succeed independently. Well, like, I'll put it in perspective. I spent two hours today counting merch. Yeah. Two hours. Matt Dude, does and that that's you... not even oh I know Matt does that every every weekend probably. Yeah, yeah, but that's like ten shirts for him though. Well, and I counted through I can tell you exactly how many I counted through. I probably counted through at least I had like thirty double XLs alone. So multiply that by any three XL? I do. I got white, black, and red. Boudreaux size. I might take a black from you. But I do. I mean, I probably counted over like 200 shirts today, and that was just two hours of my time, like counting through, making sure I counted them all right, making sure that each one didn't have, like I got an order of shirts, and one of the shirts had like orange powder, like wood sawdust powder on it or something on a white shirt, and I had to go through and look at that. So stuff like that or dirt or whatever from other shows or dog hair, very possible. 
um, mm-hmm. Carly hair, very, very possible because okay. I sell all my stuff. But that's just one perspective or that's just one avenue. And then how long it takes to go in and not only just like save up the money to be able to go in and record and stuff, but to go in and record my own music with people that I hire and pay out of pocket and then, you know. People that I think are, real quick sidebar, Alejandro, you've got a really good thing going, and there's a nice little crew of you guys that are all coming up together yeah. working at that studio. They're Lion Collective. What's it been like working with Alejandro and speak about some of the other folks that do the, get their work done over there? They're Lion Collective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Alejandro's the, the, the greatest. He not only has produced my last five songs that you heard Matt say earlier, he's producing my new music video he's done photography for me he plays bass guitar um he travels and tours with an artist named riley green who's incredible and he just does so much he's got his own clothing line so again like talking about the multiple avenues of income like there's multiple ways to make money and so and you don't have to just make money off of your mechanical royalties on distribution you know what i mean so and if you're an independent artist you have to have so many different venues because one can shut down at any moment. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not touring right now, so I have to figure out how to build a website. Excuse me. I got a burp. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did that on my live feeds, too. Tune into my lives to catch me burping. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I'm not touring. So, like, touring income isn't coming in right now. So, I got to figure out how to build a website to put my merchandise on for people that would normally be at, be at shows or who norm- normally can't be at shows can buy merchandise and also i'm putting out five six seven eight songs this year to make up streaming royalties on stuff that like i won't be able to i won't be able to put these songs out again and the way that we had lined it up with the tour dates was going to be perfect and it was going to get all that extra promotion basically from the tour dates from the people that had never heard of me yet or had just kind of heard me in the background of a song and so it's just been really cool. So with the income thing, I had to rabbit hole down that one just real quick because, yeah, you definitely have to have multiple revenues of income, and every successful person has at least five revenues of income and have, streams of income. Have, have you ever had a job outside of music in Nashville? Not. <clears throat> excuse me. In Nashville, I was a bartender once at a hookah lounge, and they only hired oh. me. Ooh. It was great, honestly. Which one? The one that we all used to go in. Check out. It's I think it's great. So can I say the name of it? Yeah. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Brugada. I've never yeah, yeah. see I haven't done hookah. You, you haven't been there. I haven't done hookah since like my freshman year of college. That was one of there's three things that I've experienced addiction with. Now I have put tobacco in my mouth. I have smoked cigarettes. I have done other things. I have drank alcohol. I don't have a problem with substances. Yeah. But there are three things that I have an addiction about, or addiction, to, uh, that's how much I know about addiction, right? Domino's pizza? <laughs> Domino's pizza is definitely one. <laughs> the other one, well, part of it was hookah, and that's why I had to quit. Like, I had to tell management, like, I am just doing this too much. I cannot come in here without smoking it. I can't sing. Like, yeah, basically. that's, that's got to watch, you got to watch that voice. Oh, yeah. Well, and even yeah. just being in there, it was just awful. Secondhand, yeah. Well, and one hookah, one hookah puff is like 10 cigarettes. Yeah, so, it's heavy. It's, and I was hitting those things. I was getting I was getting my own hookah every night and just, like, smoking the whole thing. Just going through coals. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was awesome, too, because they would put me on the day shift as, like, a bartender and a server and stuff when all of, like, 
the Nashville tourists would come in, but then when the locals came into the club, they would take me off and I would just get to sit and smoke in so the club. So Brigada is over there like, so third and... Wild Beaver. Next yeah, yeah. Oh, it's right next to Wild Beaver? So it's like down by second. Where Wild Beaver's on third, oh, it's down by second. But it's okay. like a lounge club. Yeah, like people go in there yeah, during the gonna, day for food. I was gonna say I see like I see people going in like club attire to that thing. Like I've I seen can some... I can tell you a story off mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About when we might have went in there. Okay, but it'll be off yeah. mic. Yeah, yeah. Um. So how long did you do that? Uh, probably six or seven months, and I was making decent money for an eighteen-year-old. But at that time too, I wasn't even really playing on Broadway yet. So, um, it was. Did you cool. have a fake at that time? I did. Oh, yeah. Even Well, the guy that hired me didn't know I wasn't 21 either. Yeah, same. They don't check there at all. Well, I mean, maybe now. I don't know. Let's yeah, not get anybody but, but, in trouble. But, but, but anyway, so you're, you've been predominantly lucky where, like, you've had your job has been music-related. Yeah, absolutely. You've been able to grind and, and hustle and stuff. And people forget, too, you went to college here. Yeah, I went to Belmont um, and graduated and, and finished four years and— I was uh, originally, I don't know what sound that was. It just came out of my mouth. Apparently, it's this extra cheese stuck to the top of my throat. Somebody paid 20 bucks on Snapchat for it. Yeah. Uh, um, 45 for a burp video. <laughs> burp the ABCs. I can't do that. Um, no, I went to Belmont and all that. Um, but I just, you know, for independent artists listening, like, it is very possible to make a living while traveling and playing acoustic music. Like, if you can do a 45-minute set and take a 15-minute break, you can do that three times in one night, and you can make what you need in a week easily. And that's what people don't understand. Is what, what was your first gig where you went out and started doing that? Because you be, you've, since I've known you, you've been a road warrior since I've known you, and that's... That's going back to November of 2018. You've you've just been gone and almost every weekend it's like, oh, where's Carly this weekend? Mm -hmm. When did that start and how did you get that started? Because that's a big thing that a lot of my buddies ask is how do I get gigs and how do I how do I start doing it? Because there are a lot of people that are out doing it like yourself, but like how Here's do you get where, that start? This is like I'll tell I'll say it on here so I don't have to tell anybody else, but I really hope that your friends and whoever asks you listen to this because this is it. Like this is just tell easy. them to go listen to this. Dude, it just clip this part right here and put it on the Instagram page or whatever because it's going to take me like 10 seconds to explain it. But this Done. is all you have to do. Put a little marker on there. Did it. Send out emails and make phone calls. Like, that's it. I literally, now it's been six, well, actually, that's a lie. I started doing, like, I finally got my first acoustic gig out of town. I think it was 2017, 2016. No. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to go through the Rolodex here. I think it was 2017 was my first gig. So it was three years ago, like in like January. And I drove to Florida uh, and played for a bar that my parents went into. But like the first ever road gig that I claim as like my first ever road gig was with Allie Colleen, Bardstown, Kentucky. Somebody else booked it for me. So that's why I say like I claim this one because... The other one was one I booked by myself as a booking agent. Yeah. Like, so, um, yeah, clip that part about the emails and the phone. Like, just send emails. Like, just, I, and this is what I do. I Google Austin, Texas live music. And I look on Google what live music venues come up. And it'll come up with, like, a theater and an arena. And then once you get past the one theater and the one arena, you've got 72 dive bars. Yeah. And I just would go to their thing, hit contact, do the whole thing. And it takes maybe a minute and a half. 
a click, 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 subject, name, line, email, return email. Hi, I want to play music where, like, I had locals refer me to your page to play music, and I would lie so hard. I had locals refer me to your venue. How do I get playing here? And then they would email me back, or they wouldn't. But you want to know what? I probably sent out a 1,000 emails, and I got three back. That's 0.3% of like a return on investment, whatever. But guess what? Those three weeks of payment or those three weeks of shows paid for three weeks worth or three months worth of rent. So each show I played at that point was, I think it was $500 for a three-hour set, the same thing I was doing on Broadway for $50 for less time and with breaks and with food and with accommodations. And I was making 500 a show. And building the foundation for your base. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're building a base while doing that, and then those gigs become recurring gigs. Four months later, hey, Carly, when can you come out and play? What's I'm pretty that? sure your umbrella just got struck by lightning on your porch. Holy smokes. Yeah, it didn't really, yeah. but it was pretty bright. Oh, we but got, we got this is the outer bands of uh, Laura. Oh, yeah. wow. There it is. But, no, my first show with Ali Colleen, um, Mr. Don Swartz over at Southern Trace Songwriting. Big old shout-out to him, too. Nice. <laughs> Boudreau. Matt. Uh, Damn it, Tyler. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. That was barking squ- squirrels again. I was going to say spiders. frogs, but, you know, frogs are But Anyway, uh, Allie Colleen and I went and played this place up in Bardstown, Kentucky, and or Elizabethtown, pardon me, and it was uh, this little makeshift warehouse into a club dining cabaret type thing with red and green and blue and purple lights, and we were 18. Allie might have been 19, and uh, I still had no idea about anything to do with Allie Colleen other than she and I lived in the same dorm, and we both liked to play music, and um, and we both liked to sleep and eat a lot and work out. So that was all I knew, really, that we were friends. And um, we went up and played, and it was a three-hour, four-hour acoustic set, whatever. People were buying us beers. We're sitting there, and they're listening. Like, it's cabaret style. Like, you got a table. You're eating dinner, whatever, drinking, whatever, and they're listening. And about an hour and a half in, we're three or four beers deep each underage. And uh, which this is one of my biggest regrets is putting somebody in this predicament. But the owner comes up and pulls me aside and goes, hey, how old are you guys? And I go, 22, why? He goes, no, you're not. Because that's what my ID said. We are 22. And uh, he goes, no, you're not. I go, what do you mean? He goes, somebody just Googled Allie and found out how old she is. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't know her age was not my fault. Like, Sorry, guy. We're responsible. Like, we're not driving home. We're chilling. So if, if it's that big of a deal, he's like, yeah, just finish the ones you got and just don't drink anymore. But, uh, yeah, somebody Googled Allie, and we got in a bunch of trouble for, I say a bunch of trouble. We got yelled at. He was cool with us finishing our beers and, and closing them out. But, but yeah, we got caught drinking underage on a show. It was a fun time. <laughs> and now you're you're gigging. How many states have you been to? I don't even know. I could probably tell far- you. What's the farthest west you've played? You done California? Minneapolis. Hmm. I've not done California yet. I want to. Um, Minneapolis is the farthest west I've played. Oh, I didn't chew that one enough. It went down really bad. This pizza hates me as much as I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Boudreaux. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, Boudreaux is an interesting consistency. I'm myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm eating it. Um, I've been to Vegas just to go. Um, and I did play at the Losers out there, but I wasn't booked. To play out there, but I played at the Losers at the MGM. Um, 
But yeah. You haven't done any Texas dates? Mm-mm. I've not done I, a single Texas date. And that surprises me because I think you would do very well in Texas, and I'm sure your streaming numbers and following, you got some people in Texas. Yeah, we got some people in Texas that listen to this. If you're listening to this, book her. Well, and the <laughs> thing is, is my Twitter started popping off because of all these people in Texas. Like, yeah. they thought I was really, I followed, like, one or two guys from Texas and was responding to their tweets, and they thought I was funny and started retweeting my stuff, and now I went from 500 followers on Twitter to 1,300 in, like, loyal two months. There. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, so Texas, I haven't done a date, but out of those thousand emails I sent that first couple months or whatever, I probably emailed 500 Texas venues and none of them got back to me at all. But yeah. also that was back in my like excuse hadn't even and, come out yet. And that was also when Nashville and Texas still was a little bit more rigid. There's a lot more crossover now. Cody was really breaking that. Yep. Yeah, you, well, you, see, you see guys like Kojo, guys like Randall, guys like Parker McCollum. Who are kind of breaking that, and then on the Nashville side, you got you got acts like like Muscadine, for example, like different people that'll go out there and are starting to get adopted into the scenes and stuff. I think you would do really well in Texas. Oh have yeah. You, have you done Oklahoma with Ali at all? Mm-mm. I'm still looking at Oklahoma now. I've kind of slacked off. I should have been booking throughout all this, but you just don't know what's going to happen. And we still technically have rescheduled dates for shows for Upchurch. As early that- as September, right? On October? Yeah, and I, I'm i booked out every weekend on acoustic stuff now. So, like, you know, if those upchurch dates still kick in, but I really don't think it's going to happen. You just can't control upchurch fans, and well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, what what was what was that like early on when you're starting to see all those dates get canceled? Like, what was that like to, to get that news from Ryan, and what were you guys kind of both thinking? Because I know you guys, up Ryan has his thing. Carly, you had, Carly has her thing. But like you guys, and in a way though, it's like it's like a family environment where you learn a lot from him. He he learns a lot from you. Like you've got you went to school for the business side. He obviously has some business sense too. What was that like when all those announcements started coming out? Man, I mean, we still date have, after date after date. It was one at a time, and that was the. It was like it was like pulling out an eyebrow hair one by one, or a nose hair one by one with tweezers. It was just. Absolutely miserable, and we had dates. I mean, we had a date in June at Dominion Racetrack that was held until, like, three days before the show. And they canceled it three days before and said CDC came in. And, of course, but, like, Virginia, of all places, was going to let us still play three days before. Yeah. So, like, at Dominion NASCAR, but it was all outdoors. I mean, we've had dates that we haven't played that actually happened. Yeah, and our guys. Yeah, decided not to. Yeah. And good for them too. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, no pepperoni. <laughs> you know, for me, I think like, you know, during this time, especially like if you can't control the fans, like we've seen what's happened at a few shows where the fans can't be controlled. Like, this is better for everybody. Well, it's, and also, you know, who gets the flack for that? It's not the venue. It's the artist. It's not the fans that all get individually punished. It's the artist. Like, yeah, I feel so bad for some of these dudes that tried to go out and like. We're way under COVID guidelines. Yeah. We're at tenth capacity of the venue, and just happened to take a photo at the wrong time where people were at the front of the stage. Well, but also the fact that people came to the front of the stage, like yeah. they shouldn't have been doing that. And like, we played an outdoor thing where everybody was spaced out and good, but also we're not, you know, a listers or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I wouldn't even say he's an a lister, but it's one of those things that like you just can't control the fans, but the fans aren't the ones that are responsible or, uh, uh. What's the word I'm looking for? They just don't care enough for the other for the artists. Like, you know, we're doing everything that we're supposed to. And Burt Kreischer is my one of my favorite comedians. 
and he does the the driving thing. He's like, everybody stays in their cars. They tailgate. They sit like if they're forced to stay in their car, they get creative and they sit on top of their car or on their hood or on their windshield, even if they're in like yeah. minivans. Or they open the doors and or they bring a truck and put a tarp in the back and they have a pool and everybody's good. But the second this one person starts coming to the stage, everybody does. And you can't control it at that point. Right. And it's disrespectful to the artist because then their career is in the drain because a couple of selfish fans wanted to just run up and take pictures thinking they wouldn't get in trouble I've for seen it. the thing where it's like uh, you're basically put in like it looks like a mini wrestling ring or like a little like, you know, you're put basically like in a little box. Yeah. And there's like six to eight people that can be in that box. Yeah. And they have to be same household or, you know, something. Come together, same yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like. I'm all for that if you can keep it there. But then you're going to have the guy, you know, on the edge of it, you know, doing beers like Stone Cold Steve Austin, shotgunning stuff, and then everybody's going to do it, and then one of them's going to flip and somebody's going to get hurt. Or you jump into somebody else's, like, movie theater hopping, you just slide into the next one next to you, and, like, it's just, it's unfortunate. But also, the great thing about the independent side is, like, I don't have to worry about paying anybody else right now. Yeah. Which, and I hate to put it that way to you guys because you guys work for an independent artist, but, like, I'm definitely going to eat more of that later. I just can't talk and eat at the same time. Oh, you're fine. I'm having trouble multitasking. Um, It just, it's, uh, it, it it really does suck. I, I feel horrible for my band, and, like, I'm trying to bring my tour manager with me as much as I can for the acoustic stuff just to kind of give her some, and I'm not saying that she does it for money or whatever I feel bad for, but, like, if I'm getting paid, I want my team to get paid, too. I just can't break off. X amount for acoustic shows to give to people. So, like, it just sucks that everybody's out of work. But I will say that, like, these acoustic shows, if I'm doing everything myself again, which I'm good at, and that's another thing I'm grateful for being independent, is I'm not, like, an industry plant where I don't know how to run my stuff as soon as the label drops me or, like, shelves me. Or right now, like, some of these artists don't know how to set up a merch site to be able to sell their own stuff and count it and who to go through and have a trusted distributor or a, trust, a trusted uh, manufacturer to make it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Choking on pizza. Oh, yeah. So it's a blessing. <laughs> or even without a social media team. Like, if they're not touring, I doubt they're having yeah, anybody on, run social media. That's something that was crazy for me is realizing how many people don't run their own social media, especially a lot of the big boys out there. And not just music, but also corporate stuff, entertainment. Like, just in general, there's a lot of people that social media manage and now they have all this time on their hands and they don't know what to do. But like, that's what I'm saying. You know, all these skills cause you've had to learn it. Well, the other skill too, that like I just thought of now and I'm not, it's tough cause there's contracts involved involved and it depends on the verbiage and the vernacular that's, that's in the contract. But I've read a bunch of contracts and I, I've read them for country rappers that these big wigs on music grow are now trying to sign cause they know that they yeah. make a lot of money. But like, I'm not again, I'm not for breaching a contract or doing things sketchy, but also I'm just saying like you could be making at least a couple hundred bucks playing some of these country clubs or private things under the table while you're not touring on these major label booking agency tours. Like so if you've got a contract, you could be like, oh, well, I got a contract or whatever, but I know that there's a country club down in wherever that's kind of still doing live music. Maybe they'll let me come in for a cameo or whatever and maybe i just don't have to post about it you can still get paid like a flat rate play under a different name and sometimes or that oh and also sometimes those private events pay better to begin with and if it's a private event where people aren't like like that um 
Palmetto Bluff thing that we went to, um, Bluff in yeah. South Carolina or whatever, like those big private events, guarantees for that are huge. Well, yeah. the other thing, too, though, that people don't, like the listeners and the fans don't realize is that, like, if you're on a deal and it's not a good deal, like, people can be famous and be broke. And that's oh, yeah. the worst kind of fame. And you don't make a bunch from ticket sales if you've got a middleman, you've got a ticket holder, you've got a venue that takes a cut, you take a booking agency that takes a cut, you take the labels cut, and then you get left with the pennies, and all you make, maybe if you're lucky, is merch and CD sales. So, like... CD sales don't even... Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> if they don't have you on that, like, really bad 360 deal that's running rampant right now. That's yeah, what I'm the saying. Th- yeah, those 360 deals are dangerous. And they I've do seen them. a few of those where I've just, like, literally, like, went home and cried. Well, here's where I don't feel sorry for people. Like, I really don't, and I had to get to this way, because I wanted to warn everybody and post it all on my social media, and Tell everybody, oh, my God, like, watch out. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. Hey, by the way, there's people fake, like, hey, fans, there's people faking their Instagram following because they're buying it, whatever. But, like, here's where I don't feel bad for people is you can Google anything. You can literally go on Google and either find a free copyright lawyer that will at least give you a consultation. Or you can find a, a copyright lawyer that might charge you whatever amount of money. And I don't think it would be much just to read through a contract and say, yeah, this doesn't look great, but if you want to go through with it, I'll help you with it or whatever. Or just to sit down yourself and when it comes to like a word that you don't understand, you can pull out a dictionary or go- like not even pull out a dictionary. You don't even have to do the manual labor. You can just Google it. So like I've read through contracts with a very basic copyright law class at Belmont for Ryan, for other guys that have had I, the, who I don't feel comfortable naming, you know, People that have had those Warner and Sony and big machine contracts put in front of them. And you don't have to sign these terrible 360 deals that people are getting shafted and shelved on. That's what I call it, the shaft and shelf. And, like, also, just a lot of people don't know this. You can go to any college and you can audit a class most of the time, which means that you can sit in there and you can listen to the whole class and you can show up. And now it's virtual. And you can show up for as much as you want of it, and it really doesn't cost you much, yeah. if anything, and you don't have to do the work. Yeah. You literally can sit there and gain knowledge for little of nothing, if anything at all. And, like, so when I was in school, if I had a better GPA, I'd be in law school right now going for contract law. I love it. That's, like, one of the things, like— I got real nerdy about in college. And, like, I was the kid in college. Boudreaux the lawyer. Like, I always, even in, like, middle school, was like, I'm going to go to Harvard Law. You know, and then, like, my GPA went. Yep. And then it was no longer a thing. Retweet. But, uh, but no, like, that was one of the things I got really nerdy about in college. And kids would ask me questions, and I would be able to answer it. Sometimes just as good, if not better, than the teacher. Because I could yeah. put it in layman terms. Yeah. You know? Well, and also there are so many, like, there's a, you can go on Amazon and order music business, or all you need to know about the music business is the series, and they come out with a new edition each year. Yeah. I noticed, like, I have it, I actually just gave it to Leroy to read through. I don't think he's probably touched it, but. I think I have four versions of that from college. Yeah, and they're always updated, and this version didn't account for, like, Spotify and stuff, because when I went to college and got this book, Spotify was not a thing yet. Like, it, yeah. that's. And that's so crazy how fast everything's moving and how quickly things are coming into play. It's like Spotify was 
active, but it wasn't used yet. It was still, Especially, Apple Music wasn't even there. You know, when someone mentions a new artist to me, sometimes, like, if I'm just looking to be like, oh, I wonder, oh, like, how just how big are they? Something I look into is, is Spotify streams. Yeah. That wasn't a thing Everybody a few does. years ago. Like, Spotify streams, like, like the numbers on social media and the streaming sites really freaking I matter. Was, I was in my last year of college, which was 2018, whenever Nielsen... I don't know if you know what Nielsen is. Yep. Matt kind of does. I don't use it. Yeah, they but... run. They run the radio industry. Well, it's not only radio industry. Well, well they're the they're the top rating surveyor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they control yeah. ratings and they control who gets a gold, platinum, all that kind of stuff. Billboard also controls it. There's like other companies, but Nielsen is like the one that like Grammys use and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And like, it was my last semester when they just started counting Spotify streams towards your total album sales. And what year is that? 2018. Yeah, so I I went like into college February. in 2014, so it wasn't even yeah. used or, like, you weren't making money on it, that's for no. sure. But but that's whenever you start seeing, like, guys like Post Malone and those guys really start charting better because then all, like, I think, uh, I, forget, I think it was Ye, or it was one of Kanye's albums came out yeah. on title only, yeah, and it charted number one yeah, on Nielsen, and that was the first album. No, sorry, it wasn't Kanye. It was Chance. Okay. It was his album that came out. It was the first album to ever chart number one on Nielsen that had zero, like, physical sales. Yeah. Well, and and that's why I just don't feel... People ask me all the time, and I have people that call me regularly on a a weekly basis almost being like, hey, like... You know, I, I tried or I tried that thing you said to do, and I'm sorry, but also this has taken me, well, let's just say 2017 was my first gig, and let's say at that point I only had, I didn't know Ryan, I probably only had like 4,000 followers at that point, and that was only three years ago, but still, that was three years of playing shows every single weekend. Like, when I say every single weekend for the last three years, I think I only had... 52 weeks or 52 weeks in a year. So let's just say maybe two or three weekends off a year that I wasn't playing something. And I can go back. I have like, I can scroll down like, and that's, I follow Russ a lot. So I adopt some of his lingo, but just like scroll down. Like you can see the pedigree and, you know, and I'm at the point too, where I can start looking back at my, my, uh, digitals, my digital distribution and stuff. And being like, I remember when excuse only made five cents and I didn't know about CSAC or BMI I definitely didn't know about BMI. And then I got invited to CSAC and I can look through those and be like, oh, I made like $20. And that was a year after I had excuse out. And so I made $20 on my quarterly. And then I was making $45 and then I was making whatever. So I can go back and do that. And I'm in the middle of it now, but I just don't feel bad. Like all Leroy had to do was be like, dude, how do I get paid for music? And I said, well, Google it. And he found out that it's distribution, which he was making, whatever, either features and getting paid up front for features or the mechanicals. And then I was, he's like, also I'm publishing. And I'm like, he's like, how do I set up my publishing? I go, came to the right place. Let's sit down. Here's a computer. It took us five minutes to set up a BMI account. He got approved that week and uploaded all of his stuff. And I have had people, dude, I don't even work with BMI. And I have brought them, brought them so many clients, (laughs) but I have had people That'll be like, yeah, I did what you told me, and I, I registered with BMI, and they haven't approved me yet. And I'm like, all right, how long's it been? 
well, it's been like two weeks. All right, well, then try it again. And then two weeks later, well, now it's been four weeks. Well, did you try again two weeks ago? Well, no, I just, okay, well, then try again. And then a month later, now it's been eight weeks. Well, why didn't you try, like, or call somebody? It's because they didn't do it. Yeah. And that just tells me, like, you just don't care, and you're wasting my 30 seconds, and this is where I get down the rabbit hole, and I get into not-so-friendly Carly anymore. I just don't. I don't care, and I don't have the bandwidth or the energy to care about your career more than you do. So I'm not going to help. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, cool. Like, nobody's going to help me. Nobody's been helping me. I figured it out what's kind of working right now. And I'm learning every single day. I'm learning something new. I'm learning a new trend on social media. I'm active on it. I'm gaining a new fan. I'm gaining 100 followers a day. So, like, something's working. But I'm also learning something new every day about, like, marketing or posting or whatever and you just don't even care to take the five minutes and i'm not saying you guys but they just don't take the the five minutes to sit down with bmi and just type in your social security number and pay the hundred bucks which yo if you don't have a hundred bucks let me know i'll call you or like i'll I'll Venmo it to you so you can get your stuff set up Venmo it back to me whenever you get your first bmi check like that's cool i got a hundred bucks so whatever that's an open invite between me and anybody that's listening to this just text me. If I know you, I'll give you the hundred bucks, set it up and I'll know where to find it if I need it back. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's where I just don't feel bad for anybody at this point to be like, you got one of these, whether it's iPhone and I'm holding up my phone, whether it's iPhone, Android, a computer, like, you know, somebody that's got a phone at the very least. Hey, I remember asking my, my, uh, my friend, Emily Cross, we're not friends anymore, but we used to be friends back in the day. And she had a cell phone, and I didn't, or I'd get grounded. I got grounded so much. <laughs> and my parents would take my phone, and I would not have a phone for a week, but I had a little boyfriend I had to talk to. Be like, Emily, can I give you five bucks to, like, use your phone for 20 minutes, whatever, or can I use your phone for five minutes? Or we'd pass it back and forth. She'd sit on her phone, and then after five minutes, she'd be like, oh, I forgot. Brady texted you back, and she'd hand her my hand me her phone, and I'd get to text him, and, like, I'm pretty sure Brady Sawsville up in Cambridge, New York still has Emily Cross's phone number memorized too from all that. So like, you know, you have somebody that you can ask, hey, can I borrow your phone for a minute? If you don't have one of yours is out of commission because I do know artists who are still struggling to pay their phone bills and only get access on Wi-Fi. But also, homie, you can drive to McDonald's and get Wi-Fi real quick and look up how to make money from music. And that's, sorry, that's a lot of words that just came out of my mouth. I took a big breath. I can just, yeah. if I can just sum up what she said, this yeah. is something I said to somebody the other day. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, nobody's going to invest in you. Yeah, that's, that's very, very, very much true. And, and something we haven't even really brought up and talked about yet. You got these cool new plaques. Uh, yeah. um, congrats. New wall art. Yeah, congratulations. Billboard number ones. What was that feeling like to, to get that? And granted, Granted, they are they are technically upchurch projects, but it's something that you were a part of, and it's and and it's you were part of the project, and like they're just, and for Ryan to get them made for you and and all that, like what was what's that feeling like for you? Because you shared a really cool, you put together like a cool little video of you playing in front of, and it was like one little part of it was like playing when there's nobody there, and then like little come up, and then there's a picture you hold number one. It was freaking dope. Yeah. Like, what's that feeling been like, and, and how's that all been? Well, I'll tell you the roller coaster ride that it's been since I posted that. Um, 
Man, these thunderstorms are awesome right now. Southern. Some, My dog is probably this is our, crazy. This is the outer bands of a hurricane. This isn't just a southern. No, storm. it's not. I looked it up. It's not quite here yet. That's still out in Missouri. Yeah, it's just the pressure system. This is a whole. Through. This is a whole another one coming up from the down east. And it's not hitting Nashville. This is just hitting where we are. And I don't yeah, want to really? give exactly where you are, but like this is just hitting the south. I've already and, said it, but whatever. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Oopsies. We're not quite there, but it's a big place. There's a lot of places here. Oh yeah. Um. No, it's been a roller coaster since I posted that because first off, I posted it and I got a lot of great, well, I, I'm i trying to figure out where to start because posting those songs and the success that we've had with them and posting about the number one in a comment first, like we we knew Cowboy had gone number one on Bill, Billboard a long time ago and we knew that uh, Step On It had come out and originally too, we had our wires crossed and thought it was a different type of accolade, but we we got it all straightened out. And but we posted like you know, I posted like I'm super grateful to have this opportunity. But it was in a comment. People didn't see anything physical or tangible. They didn't really believe me, but I think people just like me. So they're like, I see you eyeballing that pizza and that cheese that you're, I pulled off my pizza. Go ahead, no, go ahead. I'm oh, not no, eating it. No shit, you're not gonna. You took it <laughs> off the pizza. I did. <laughs> Um, but they couldn't see anything tangible. So they're just like, yeah, whatever. Cause I feel like, and I don't just feel like he is up church is still a conspiracy in Nashville. People still don't believe that he has an well, old what, car what, collection. Well, what was, what was the thing that we said last week, a couple weeks ago? Mm, I can't remember exactly what we, what, what vein about up church being like the boogeyman. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just like, a, or, or Santa Claus, whichever way you want to put it. <laughs> but, ho, 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 ho. ho. <laughs> But I don't think people really believed it at first. And then now I've got something tangible, something I can physically hold and post a photo of. And as soon as I got it, I called my, I called Carly and I was like, yo, can you drive down to the apartment? I've got this really awesome view behind my apartment. So I was like, can you just drive down and take these, these photos of me? I'll pay you to do it. Like, just, just come down and take these real quick. You know, I'll pay you for your gas money, whatever. And she came down and I posted it and I posted it immediately. And initially the first wave within the first couple hours was awesome. Congratulations. So proud of you. Didn't think you really had it in you, whatever. Then, uh, we got a little, like, whatever, a little tiffed. Somebody tried to claim it was a conspiracy or whatever, because they're a crazy upchurch conspiracy theorist. Who's like, upchurch is a part of the Illuminati, blah, 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 blah. What? Oh yeah. Oh, there's what? This, hey, wait a second. We got. There's we gotta, this whole thing gotta, about we, Upchurch being in the Illuminati. We got to talk about this. Wait, but let me finish this part okay, first because that, I, these that questions is are preposterous. Oh, it's a whole thing. And then you know, How? but then they see that I've got something tangible, you know, and that was great. But now on the backside of it, people still kind of. The question was, what was that roller coaster right? What, what was that roller coaster like? And now, or what was that feeling like? And it was great. It was great. And now I'm getting the comments from other people in Nashville, or mostly people from Nashville, being like, "Well, it's it's Ryan's. You know, it's Ryan's project. It's, it's his. You know, you wouldn't have gotten that if it wasn't for Ryan. Why don't you go do that on your own?" And now here's where the double standard comes in, and where it's part of my language. Uh, if there's any kids listening, but this is where it's fucked up. Is like. Any songwriter in Nashville then doesn't deserve it. Doesn't deserve to have any recognition. Doesn't deserve to have the plat whatever it is. Like whatever that argument is with me that oh it was Ryan's and you should why don't you go get one for yourself before you whatever. Like if you're gonna post about it, make sure it's your make sure it's your own. Okay, well then go tell that to Ray Ray Fulcher and go tell that to Drew Parker and go tell that to 
anybody else in Nashville that's gotten a number one, uh, Clint Daniels, any of them. Like, go tell them that that never got one as an artist but got him as a songwriter. Like, that's just wrong. And so, um, and I'm not, I, I love all three of those boys. Yeah, like, they're oh, all yeah. great people. But then they should get the same flack, but they don't because they're mainstream. So the reason why I'm getting that is because people are like, and also, those are albums too. Like, those are Luke Combs albums or Jake Owen albums or, uh, whoever did Margaritaville's albums, like those are pieces now granted, whatever they're great. And I love them all. And I'm supportive of them all. But I, so I'm, I'm just saying like, just because the song was on an up church album, doesn't mean I didn't deserve it because I was a part of it. And I love how you preface that with like, even though it was Ryan's project, you still obviously you, get you the had, piece. You, you, you so had, that's what you, that roller coaster you, you, was like. Yeah, You had, you had a feature and you, you wrote the song and that was, and this most recent one, Step On It, if you guys have tuned into episode three way back, which I highly recommend tuning into just to see the differences. Because these are two very different episodes that we're also doing. Also, just yeah. to hear Carly scream from the cat. Yeah, just yeah. to hear Carly get terrorized by two little cats, our podcats. Um, Almost not little at but, all. Um, but anyway, um, Step On It was the first song you and Ryan ever wrote together. Right. But we wrote Cowboy the next night. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. That, but that's the thing, though, is you're a co-writer in addition to being a feature. You're a co-writer that, that's singing on the song as well. Mm-hmm. How, how how the hell can it not be yours? But real quick, too. I know. Uh, let's, <laughs> not, let's, let's not do all, all the negative and all the bullshit. Fuck those guys that are saying that. Yeah. How the fuck do people think Ryan Upchurch is in the Illuminati? Because <laughs> Jay-Z is linked to the Illuminati. Jay-Z mm-hmm. and Ryan Upchurch. Very... Everybody that's had success is linked to the Illuminati now. I will say. The fuck? That's it crazy. is coming down out there. Sorry. I just see my umbrella outside just like... I'm pretty sure the light, the motion light turned on because of the lightning. Yeah. 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 No, um, don't underestimate Ryan Upchurch. Like, you made the comparison to Jay-Z, and I'm not saying that Ryan well, has well, as no, much no, as what, Jay-Z, what, but what I am saying is that Ryan's not that far off. Well, I'm but, not, well, what, well what, I'm, what I'm saying is not, not in terms of, like, popularity and all that stuff. I'm just saying, like, Ryan's just, like, like it's the... A simple-minded, like, grown up in the country. Like, how the hell is he going to get mixed up in an international world conspiracy organization? And how would he be a part of that? Because he's so big on debunking conspiracies. How could he be a part of said conspiracy? I don't know. I've never... I've just never cared to go too far into it on the internet. And I've never... Given this is it. new to me. Like, I haven't heard oh, yeah. this. And, and this is this a relatively new thing? Or is this know, been like going on for Four or five years, yeah. I mean, as long as his music career... Because he came out the gate, and, I mean, that album took off because he had the social media following. Yeah. So, like, um, I just heard your beer scratch or beard scratch in my headphones. That was so funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> But I don't know the, the specific details. All I know is that a lot of people, that they still support him because they follow him and they track his stuff and they make videos and promote him and... I think a lot of them buy merch and listen to the music or whatever, so they're paying him, essentially. But they claim that he is a part of the Illuminati. And that's how they explain his success, coming from a single-wide trailer with the roof falling in and the floorboard coming out. You can ask Luke Combs about that, because he stayed there. He That kind of place to where he's at now with a, a 300 acres on this beautiful farmhouse way out in the middle of the, the same town, I mean, right around the corner from the trailer he grew up in. Yeah, And so that's how they explain it. And also there have been things like Ryan does jump into the conspiracy theories. He also, his uh, videographer and tour manager and stuff, Beloose, has an emblem that's a period with an eyeball, or a, like a pyramid, not period, pyramid with an eyeball on it, um, like the Illuminati symbol. Yeah. 
but he just uses that. So it's not anything. Yeah. No, that's interesting though. So for the rest of for the rest of this year, what do you kind of got kind of got set up? I know you were up in Vermont, up in the motherland with your boy Alejandro shooting a video. Mm-hmm. Nice little photo shoot, by the way, too. Been enjoying been enjoying seeing those pictures. He takes some good pictures. Oh yeah. Well, and there's plenty more to come. Um, I'm trying to keep like I only took pictures in two outfits in two different places, so I'm trying to keep like one outfit all the same and save some for like the fall. Um, so I can still have some content at that point too, but knowing me, I'm just going to go through all of them in like two weeks, but, um, the rest of the year. So this weekend we're going to St. Louis for a veterans benefit for operation triage. And basically all the money goes to making, uh, injured veterans lives easier. Um, and I don't have like all the specifics right in front of me, but they do help with like different costs and, and expenses and stuff like that, that, that people have to go through, but this is specifically geared toward um, disabled veterans. So it's going to be really cool. Um, It's put on by Mr. Brian Judy out there in St. Louis. So that'll be cool. And then um, we've got Cotton Eye Joe with Hayden Kaufman in September. We have got a couple acoustic shows like down in the Atlanta, Athens, Georgia area. And then we've got Keller's in Gallatin, um, Hartsville area in Tennessee, full band with Betty James. Um, I'm headlining it, but with Biddy James and Chase Matthew on the ticket on October the 8th. And then we've got uh, Cahoots in Lebanon, November 14th. And that's, I mean, we've just got things booked out. I'm supposed to be playing in Lake Charles, Louisiana in two weeks. Don't think that's going to happen. But we'll yeah. see. Hopefully, I hope. Um, I got buddies down there right now with homes underwater that they're currently trying to drain. and Yeah, thought, up, so. yeah thoughts and prayers for everybody down there in the Gulf right now. Yeah. This was something we actually talked about in the grapevine podcast this past week was um about hurricane prep and of course tyler a, a guy from south alabama he knows all about hurricanes and oh. stuff so our thoughts and prayers are with everybody down there in the gulf and uh and also let us know if you need help like we yes. i at the very least message me like i'll drive down there i don't care i've done it before like just let me know i'll come down as close as i can get and try to bring somebody with a truck they can get through and and or a jumbo and, and we'll go to work so if, yeah. At the very least, you know, let me know. Hell yeah. Well, this this was a lot of fun, Carly. Oh, yeah. Part two? This was part great. Two. I can't wait for what the hell is going to happen. This is our part first three. part two. Yeah, you're our first recurring guest. That's a, I should get a plaque for that. We'll give you one. Well, And we'll make it extra cheesy, deep dish with pepperoni. I think I could go for find you. one somewhere <laughs> that I know of. Dude, honestly, that pizza really did hit the spot, though. That was great. It wasn't bad. You did good, Boudreaux. I didn't hate it. I'm one slice away from finishing mine. (laughs) Oh, we already finished ours over here. Yeah, but that's two people. I know. I'm one. I usually eat the whole thing. But no. um, Where can people go to follow you and stuff if they aren't following you already? Yeah, so uh, Instagram, Venmo, and Cash App are all Rogers Carly. And uh, I say that because all those are the same username. But Facebook is just Carly Rogers Music, Spotify. Apple Music, uh, Google Play, Amazon, all that. Um, and if you want to just hear my opinions about things, I'm on Twitter, Carly Raj Music. Um, it used to be Rogers Carly, but I got locked out of it, and I can't figure the password out. So Carly Raj Music now. And, um, yeah. Boudreaux, another another great episode. Um, first recurring guest. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. It's always great to have Carly in oh, here. Oh, dude, she's the best. She's freaking family. And uh, real quick, in case you missed Carly with the ad read earlier, want to tell you all a quick shout-out to our friends over at Whale Tail Media as well. Um, our buddy Wales, he's putting together these cool graphics for us. We're getting ready to launch a cool little um, video 
acoustic music session kind of video series with with our buddy Wales and the folks at Whale Tail Media. And if you ever need anything, weddings, photos, whatever, it's whaletail.com. You guys can look them up. And uh, also, big shout out to our friends over at Trailside CBD Emporium. Our boy Andrew and his team will meet all your CBD and hemp needs from oils and gummies to cartridges and flour. They have you covered. Check them out at trailsidecbd.com and use the promo code ITR at checkout. 20% off your purchase. Follow them on Insta and Facebook as well. Trailside CBD Emporium. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of In The Round Podcast. You guys make sure you subscribe, review, rate, check out Carly, all of her stuff. You've all been listening to the In The Round Podcast.